This is Jessica White, the Daneson Outlaw. You're listening to the Midwest Monsters. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable, but I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now, is that on so many pages, <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then, I mean, it, it's it's almost inevitable that, uh, you know, half the time we're going to go, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. That's- Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Oh, man, Chan. Professor Waxap. Hey, good to be with you again. Uh, just just what a treat. Just what a treat to be doing a show, and we're coming in with another installment of the Monster Mash. We're not yes. sure which number this is, so just going to quit numbering them now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Let's just say it's a Monster Mash, and if y'all can't keep up, then we're doing our job right. It's good. Heard that. Seriously. So we bring you a lot of content, man. We we do. We do. So this episode of the Monster Mash, uh, let's go around and each of us say what we picked and why. Yeah, definitely. Mad champ. Um, I picked the movie Deathgasm because I had heard a lot about it and didn't even know what it was. So I kind of I use this show sometimes as a means to reach out and find out what things are so deathgasm was something for me that i wanted to hear about i wanted to see and wanted a reason to either buy and or rent so and i got to buy it so yeah like that's why i picked can you elaborate any there was some controversy around it around what deathgasm buying it or me no about just the movie period oh i i I don't know any of that i'm sorry okay yeah something about I thought this came up when we, we picked it. Um, Walmart wouldn't put it on Oh, the yeah, shelves. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, like because of what it was and the title Deathgasm and the original box art. Like Walmart has things like Zach Parker's um, proxy and like different movies. If Walmart disagrees with your box art, then most artists, and I hate to be an ass about this, but most artists change their box art because Walmart's a major distributor and buys so many hundreds of thousands of units that it's worth it. So, initially, the art that was on Deathgasm was taken away and replaced with a band and a guy playing a guitar in a... And it's it's name different. I don't know what the Walmart name is. I don't don't know what it was either. Like, I, I purposely suck at... Seeked out. Sookie. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I purposely got Deathgasm. Right. Because that's what I wanted to see. Um, I, I'll look if that you, up for yeah, you guys. And when we get to it, when we get yeah. to it in the show, awesome. I'll try to let you know. I'm sorry. Great. Great. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Professor, what was your pick? I picked Howl. Uh, because a I poem love, by Allen Ginsberg. <laughs> yes. I uh, I love werewolf movies, and it, it had uh, picked up a 
decent amount of momentum from the UK screenings because mm-hmm. it's a UK film. Yeah. Um, and it, it had gotten a lot of hype. Which means it. University of Kentucky. Yes, exactly. And I knew that it was coming out soon. So I kind of went into it blindly. Other than that, like there wasn't even a single opinion, a trusted, you know, trusted opinion that where I was like, okay, they said that's good. I need to see this. It was just merely on timing. You know, it was coming out, and I'd heard, you know, it had done good things. So I thought, let's get out in front of this. Let's check it out. Totally. I was I, not rewarded. I love uh, that when I, I asked you what we were watching again, you were like, are you, like, trolling me right now? I didn't know if you were trolling me or not. I really wasn't I really wasn't trying to pick on him. I just really was like, how? What is that? You're like, it just came out. <laughs> so, uh, good, good, good. So, real quick, man, the, uh, the, the original cover of Deathgasm has our main hero holding a guitar, standing in a pentagram with a woman holding a, uh, holding a axe mm-hmm. and a guy licking a chainsaw. Well, the Walmart cover, because they didn't agree with that, the pentagram being they associate with Satanism, um, the Walmart cover replaced the guy in the guitar with a shotgun, a sawed-off shotgun, a pistol-grip shotgun, <laughs> and uh, there's no pentagram whatsoever, and the guy is now playing a guitar versus licking a um, licking a chainsaw. So they completely changed the cover of this, and it looks absolutely ridiculous. It looks like every straight-to-video movie that you see on a Walmart shelf. Does it have a different name? Um. Heavy Metal Apocalypse. Heavy Metal Apocalypse. That's right. Heavy Metal Apocalypse, which I'm sure pissed a lot of Because, yes, off. in America, never mind that we have the pentagram. In, yeah, a pentagram, insane amounts of violence and gore. It's, it's insinuating something towards orgasm. Guys, literally, so I just got to point yeah, out that we just we got to get rid of the pentagram. We got to get rid of gasm, but let's add a shotgun. You know what? We we just reported that within the last two weeks, we've opened our first satanic church in the United States. But we're not worried about that. We're worried about these uh, chainsaws here. And uh, this kid, we're going to give this kid a shotgun, which is a lot better than a, a pentagram. I'm just yeah. going to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. No school shootings here. No. <laughs> and, uh If you guys haven't seen Deadpool, go fucking watch it. <laughs> Grizz, what was your choice? My choice was a little film called Deadly Blessing. Yeah. And I chose it because um, in another life, starting back in 2011, me and my late wife moved to Jay County, Indiana, which is well-known Amish territory. And ever since I moved there, the professor kept saying, you need to watch Deadly Blessing (laughs) because my neighbors were Amish. I had a big cornfield behind me. They were Amish. Not just like country neighbors, like throw a rock right in front of your house neighbors. Right, right. right There's no no neighbors on either side for a mile and a half, but the ones he does have that live right across the street are Amish as hell. Yeah. Amish as heaven. Sorry. (laughs) So I lived in the heart of Amish territory, and ever since then, Professor kept telling me, you need to watch Deadly Blessing. You need to watch Deadly Blessing. Remember that dad well, walked into the Byrne family diner and cursed? Oh, we'll go there, we'll go there water time. in a bucket. Good <laughs> bucket. heavens. Uh, so, um, yeah, and so finally, after all this time, my girlfriend bought me a Deadly Blessing for Christmas. It was in my stocking. Oh, uh, awesome. Partially just because she knew I really wanted to see it, and it was... In, Scream Factory release, which let's be honest, we get it was a in your soft. stocking. Yeah, man. 
Keeper. <laughs> so you're saying if I was pretty, you would have watched it. Exactly. If okay. you were a little pretty, you told him for two enough. years to watch it. He gets it. I respect that. It's five years now. It's five years. He's been. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a while. He's been telling yeah, me for sorry. five years to watch this. But uh, yeah, my beautiful girlfriend puts it in my stocking because she knew I wanted to see it. And Scream Factory, awesome cover art. Right. Oh and, no, it is. It's and, good. Nate Thomas Milner, man. Good right. Job, and it's just almost anything from Scream Factory. Captured the captured the essence of Ernest. It Martin really Martin. did. It really did. You're, yep. You're exactly right. So, um, so yeah. So she got it for me. And that being said, that's what we're going to lead off with. <laughs> yes. Uh, Deadly Blessing, 1981, directed by Wes Craven. Written by Glenn Benest and Matthew Barr. And uh, Wes Craven had a little bit to do, I guess, with the story. Um, starring Maureen Jensen, who was our main, she's our lead female. Um, she's playing the character of Martha Schmidt. Um, Sharon Stone, a very young Sharon Stone in her first actual speaking role, is playing Lana Marcus. Uh, Susan Buckner plays Vicki Anderson. Susan, you may know from the movie Grease, where she played, um, the preppy cheerleader role like isn't it the most to say the least uh, yes um then we've got my favorite isaiah schmidt played by ernest borgnine and then william gluntz played by the ever so great michael berryman and those are the only those are my five notables in this movie totally right on so it's your film man why don't you go ahead and lead us in uh speak a little bit more i got a burp oh you're fine um so what Deadly Blessing was to me is when we start out, it's a it's a story about a young man who was a Hittite. A Hittite is a the what they say is the Hittites make the Amish look like they're partying a Mardi Gras. Like, like swingers. Look like swingers. The, yeah, the, that's the exact quote. But the it's a Hittite sect and the son one the oldest the eldest son in this Hittite group the son of Ernest Borgnine goes away to college and when he goes away to college he meets uh Martha Martha who ends up he ends up marrying and he has been given land so he comes back to his family's land and takes his rightful land from his father even though he's no longer in the sect he owns this land and he decides to start farming it and he's been shunned by the family like most Amish or religious sects do when you leave the church and go into uh, the English lifestyle. So that's kind of what leads us to where we are right now as we open up with this man and his beautiful wife and go ahead. No. Okay. So we, as Manchin said, we've got the Hittite sect and um, we open out in the, in the country just out in the middle of nowhere, which exactly. is again, why professor was telling me I needed to watch this movie. Cause I lived, you lived in the middle, in the of, middle nowhere. of nowhere in a town like of going, driving there was dude, like, you damn. had a subway and a stoplight. That's it. Uh, and, no, and not the, not the railway. Like a, it, it can, a store where you got a sandwich, right? Like that subway guys. <laughs> right. Like seriously, it, a population of 250. Where yeah. I lived. Yeah. 250. And that was in town. And I lived a mile outside of town. Um, so yeah, uh, it's just, so we start and it, we're seeing some like farming life, but then we get introduced really quickly to our first main Hittite character played by the amazing Michael Berryman. Yes. As William, he's a type of man child. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. call him 
uh, which means I, I really enjoyed that, that that's how they described him was a man child because he literally runs around and plays with the other children. Right. And, like, and so basically what we're trying to say is he's cognitively disabled. Basically. Or is in previous episodes, mongoloid. No, don't say it. No, no, I like the, I like, no, I like the M word, but he's not physically disformed as we look at certain mongoloids. Right. And, but people might say that Michael Berryman is disformed. He's really not. Whereas Borat would say he is. Retired. <laughs> Man, why the hell is Mongoloid bad? But that's not. It, that's bad. It's horrible. He's retired. Moving on. I just wanted Good to, times, to make a Borat reference. Maybe he likes first. to look at her machine. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and he starts picking on um, this girl. Uh, Faith is her name. Faith, yes. Because she's painting. F-A-I-T-H, just like the Bible. That's right. That's what she says. <laughs> and he runs up and he keeps calling her an incubus. Which is funny because, like, right away, Carrie and I are like, Incubus is a male demon, not a female demon. Right. A female demon is a... Succubus. Succ- thank you. And so, um, both of which are whoring demons. <laughs> they're, right, they're se- right, right, right. They're right. sexy demons. And God, so... I thought, that, I thought, you know what, dude? And honestly, and just being who we are, I thought that, too. I was like, man, that's kind of weird. Why is he calling her an Incubus? Right. Like, is it because she has something implanted in her? Like, I, I was trying to get it, even though that still wouldn't be correct. Right. And I just thought it was a, a poor horror movie choice. Yeah, which yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, well, I just thought know. it was the character. It's like, you don't know better. Right. Oh, oh okay. that's a good that, point. That that's that a good point. Sense. Okay. Yeah. Because but the whole sect says that. Right. Exactly. That's true. And so, like, you know me, like, I'm really into faith and and. and Obviously, I'm really into like demonology and, and paranormal King and King and, yeah, Kong yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And so, like, I was like, "Did they just screw this up?" Because in movies, I catch right. it all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, "Gosh, that's horrible work." Right. Um. So he keeps going, and he breaks her painting, and like, they're like, "Oh, he's harmless," you know. And so that becomes sort of a driving force for the rest of the movie, um, as to who we speculate the killers are, because. It's not very long that our protagonist gets right. killed, right, by uh, a tractor, right. So there's a small, short um, sex scene, which is whatever. But it's the fact that afterwards he wakes up. The John, our the main guy, the son of the Hittite who's gone into the English world. He goes out, and earlier something that I thought was real greatly done in the scene was a. Uh, he goes out, and earlier we see that his brothers and the other people in his Hittite group have are coveting his tractor. Yeah. And his tractor is a sore spot amongst the Hittite people. And it's something that they shouldn't be coveting, obviously, because they're not supposed to covet. And then he gets killed by his tractor, by somebody in this... Or by... He gets killed in... By his tractor. So I thought that was an interesting choice right there. Right off the bat, you could see the symbolism of the thing that he had gone away from his sect killed him. Like the, the modern age right. killed him. So right. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, totally. Especially Wes Craven, because Wes is always a little more methodical about how things are done. Right. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Sorry. Professor, I'm going to turn it over to you in a second. Yeah. But I just want to say that so we get this death. And basically, it's a setup for the rest of the film that is a whodunit. It's mysterious deaths and mysterious dreams and religious alliterations. And so you don't know who's doing the killing through the rest of the movie. 
Professor, uh, initial thoughts and anything you want to add to the storyline? Um, I think it's important for me to clarify with this film that standalone, if Wes Craven had not directed this, right. and it were just a movie from the 80s, I would not like it. I'm being okay. honest. Okay, okay. Um, that's fair. Now, with that said, I think it is a great compliment film. And what I mean by that is if I'm fitting it into categories, it's great. Um, if I want to learn more about Wes Craven, it's a very important in his canon. Absolutely. And what he made. Um, if I want to put it into kind of a prairie-based or faith-driven, you know, kind of rural setting horror movie, it's great to throw in the mix. Um, but standing on its own two legs, I think it's a very disjointed film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like a lot about it. Right. If that makes sense. So for me, it's it's kind of a back and forth relationship with it. I think that unlike most of Craven's films, this really doesn't have his imprint on it. Other, really? Yeah. Other than uh, photo choices mm-hmm. in terms of how he's angling stuff with the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really don't think that it feels as much like his film. I think that for the viewer, it's very disorienting and hard to follow some of the twists in the film. Um, now, <laughs> with what I've said, it sounds like I don't like the film. That's not yeah. the case. I'm I sorry like, you hated it. No, I like the movie. Um, I do, but I do have some problems with it. But I think from an academic standpoint, it's very interesting. I mean, you see a lot of um, things within this film that you will see in future films. And I think from Wes Craven. And I think that it's interesting to see kind of his adjustment into the studio and the bigger budget and the celebrity cast that he has. You know what I mean? Because you've got like, you know, last house on the left, you've got (laughs) Hills have eyes. And now we're starting to get into something where this is not his script. This is him pumping out a film that has been given to him. Um, So it's like, I, it, it, that's just me being 100% honest. Now, if if a blind stranger walked up to me that really likes horror movies and says, what do you think? I'd say, watch it. It definitely has enough merit you know, to check it out. But I have problems with some of the twists later on okay. that I feel kind of watered down the okay. points of the film. Um, but you know, overall, I do like it. That's yeah. why I recommended it early on back right. in the day. Um but there, I all every time I watch it, I always think, man, I, I want more. I mm. wish for more. Yeah. And I don't know if that's my problem as a viewer mm-hmm. or the filmmaker's problem. Yeah. But um, it, if nothing else, you know, to slap the zombie between something like, you know, Children of the Corn and the, the Reflecting Skin, it's a good movie. Yeah. Right like so, I like I'm not trying to diminish that, right. but I do think it's important to, to say that I feel like a lot of times. It doesn't feel like it's the full flavor of a director from start to finish. Um, and I even, you know, to further go into what I'm talking about here, I even watched this film with the commentary on for this podcast just to see if I could kind of get a glimpse into what Craven was thinking throughout. And even still on his commentary with there, even that's kind of blocked. Right. You know, he just kind of talks you know, from point A to point B about what we did here, what we did there. Does he talk at all about stranger in our house? 
because he came off of his TV movie Stranger in Our House, and that's is that the Linda been, Blair one? Yeah, it's been he a, mentions that it's been alluded to that that's the reason why he got this movie in particular that he didn't write. Right, uh, was because of his work on that, and they were they thoroughly enjoyed it. The producers thoroughly enjoyed it, and it just doesn't seem like the the movies I knew West from. I know West from before this. Like, granted, I just saw this for the first time for this podcast, but. Hills Have Eyes and, like the professor said, Last House on the Left, this just doesn't seem like it would fall in that category. Like, you've got David Ness, and we know what happens in Last House on the right. Left. There's lots of death, lots of rape, lots of chasing. Then we know what happens in Hills Have Eyes. We've got a, a sect out in the middle of the woods, or out in the middle of the desert all by themselves, and people coming to get them. I don't, I've never seen Stranger in Our House. I just know that that was something that was referenced in the, the Blu-ray special features. And then Deadly Blessing seems like he goes from this to Swamp Thing, then to A Nightmare on Elm Street, then to Hills Have Eyes Part 2. It just seems like something different than anything he would be doing at that right. time. And I'm glad it's you It's different that than because, anybody would be doing yeah, at that time. Yeah, because my point isn't to rip on this movie. It's right, just right, to point right, right. out that if you're... Especially, you know, with, you know, in recent memory, his passing. Um, if you're really interested in his catalog of films, this is very different. It, it doesn't, it, his flair isn't there. That's not to, to take anything away from the film. It's just, he w- it's like he got the job done here versus this is his. I, I'm it, with you on that. You know I'm with mean? you. Yeah, no, no, that, may, that makes a lot of sense, especially since the, the content that's being showed, right? It doesn't scream. Yeah, I and I would recommend this. Get to, it? Well, scream. scream! Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I would recommend this to anyone, either someone who has just started being interested in horror films, or someone who has watched tons and right. is, you know just can't watch enough. Like, it's not to diminish it. I think it's just important to recognize that this really is kind of like its own little thing right. outside of his progression. Hey, Grizz, with you, man, let's get into what you enjoyed about it, man. Because I, I got sort of certain specific things, that I, but I want to hear with you first, because this was your pick. I want to say that this was, I know that slow burn has become uh, kind of a generic term. And we, we point that out. Even. Right. Yeah. Slow burn has become a generic term for something that doesn't have a kill a minute, you know what I mean? Or a thrill a minute. Kill. But this is an engaging slow burn. I just... I, I don't feel like there was any wasted shot in this film, personally. Like, I never found myself being like looking at the time count and being like, ugh, is this almost over? Yeah, every time, every time I looked down at the Blu ray player, I was like, that much time has gone by. Like, it was just like, it was just like a, a 10 minute act, 10 minute act, 10 minute act. Like, it just kept connecting very right, well. Right. Like, I was really surprised with that because I went into it pretty sure that this was going to be a slow go. And don't get me wrong, it does take time to develop the story. Yeah. But definitely. the whole time I was engaged. I was like, what's happening? Who done it? Like who what's happen what's what's gonna happen next to who and what's the point? This was one of those movies where I happened to hear things about it and watch behind the scenes stuff before I actually watched the movie. I usually don't do that. I like to see the movie first. But I'm with you. There's just so much going on. Yeah. Like you would have your 
your main characters are dealing with things and then we turn around and they're de- she's dealing with something else then we turn around and something else is happening then we turn around something's happening to a friend then we turn around and at certain points during this movie you're like where's Sharon Stone right because the other two girls are off doing something where's Sharon Stone and then we turn around and we go where's Vicky because Sharon Stone's off doing something and it gets to right. a lot of it you're like it becomes like little ten minute acts, right? I'm with you, right? Because after after her husband's death, her two good friends come out to yeah, stay with yeah, her, yeah. and and then they become the target of what's going on, right? And so some of it is like spiritual, like it seems like you know she's having a, a Sharon Stone's character is having these like dreams and visions, mm-hmm. and like that's affecting her after she has a physical attack, yep, out in the barn, and then uh, her yep. other friend is like being like. Uh, uh, a sexual creep to the Amish boy, the Hittite boy. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> you no. know, like hitting on him. And, uh, yeah. um, and what I love is that until the end of the movie, you have no idea who's doing the killing. You have no idea what's going on. This is the best, one of the best whodunits. Right. And then at the end, it has a twist, not as good as sleepaway camp, but in that vein. See, and that's the thing. And you can say, well, I saw it coming after they pointed it out. Yeah, you can see it. But honestly, while it was going on, I'd forgotten about everything because it keeps taking you from this 10 minutes to this 10 minutes to at one point, Sharon Stone gets a, a spider dropped in her mouth. And I freaked out completely because I hate spiders. I know it was a dream sequence, but it's little shit like that that mm-hmm. makes you engaged. Yeah. The the attacks, the spider in the mouth, the why we're going out. The the shooting the gun scene. There's 10 minutes at a time. We're engaging you in something different every time. Ernest Borgnine, the, the kids yeah. who were the reason for the thing that happens. Which, in by movie. the way, the fat kid uh, looked like Randy Quaid from Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a prequel. But, uh, no, I mean, like with the, the knuckles getting slapped with the, the knuckles getting yeah. thing. It's just... There's 10 minutes at a time. They take you through different scenarios that make you almost forget about everything you've watched right. until that point. Because there's certain things in this movie. Like, um, can we address real quick? Let's, let's go ahead and address the snake, which is very much a precursor to night to a few years later, the nightmare on Elm street. It's a mirror image. Yeah, no, it really is. There's a snake in a bathtub and there's a woman. It's, it's uh, a Mary and Jensen. Right. Who has a camera coming in between her legs in a bathtub, much like Nancy yep. from A Nightmare on Elm Street? Except this time, it's a serpent. It's the devil's fuck. It's the devil's tool. It's right. whatever it's supposed to be symbolically to you, because we know what it is in the movie later. But it's a serpent, you know, and that's interesting. But it's a shot that he later on recreates. Yeah. Then we have a gun, the gun scene, and then where they blow up the canister. That happens, and then you've got the scene with the Hittite boy in the car with the gas. I mean, there's things happen in this movie quickly. Yeah. And that's why it never felt as long as it did. And it never gets in a hurry. No. Yeah. Um, so I think let's start, you know, building towards the end here. Let's start. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm no, sorry. no, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You're fine. You said everything I wanted to say. I'm sorry. Um, I just I, there's just I just my first viewing like yours. Yeah, totally. I just I thought so much about this movie that I never thought I'd feel. I'm same way. Looking at the cover art. Same yeah. way. Um, so building towards the end here, I we do spoilers on this show. Yeah. Um, I want to say that it was a great misdirect. 
We get to the end, and you're right. When it happens, and you're shocked by it, five minutes later you go, I should have saw that. Guy. It's like she hasn't been around in 40 That's exactly. minutes. Carrie, you know? Carrie said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We're watching it, and Carrie right. goes, where has she been? For Why me, is she coming right, back in the story no, 40 you. minutes later? I'm with you on that. It's like she hadn't been around in 40 yeah. minutes. Like, But I didn't know it until then. I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest. Like they, he completely got me on that respect. So they have a crazy neighbor. She's a crazy lady. F- and F A I T H. Well, what's the mama's name? Oh, um, shit, I forget. So it's the mama, and she shows the back mama up. Was awesome, yeah, too. it's the mama she's that the, shows she back up. She brings her home from the funeral. Yeah, right. And, and it seems like she's the caring one, right. and she's like, "Oh, I just hate men." You know, if I'd have had a boy, I'd have thrown him in the river like I do with a sack of kittens. <laughs> Which healthy. <laughs> Which uh, I know Professor probably wept at. Bullshit. Um, I wept at the snake in the shower, too. <laughs> so, but then we find, and then we find out that the killer was them. You know, the mother and the daughter. Was it just the daughter, or was it the mother and the daughter? No, it was, I, I, my feeling was it was a tag team kind of thing. Yeah. Like, the mother knew what Faith was doing, and it was a and so tag we, team thing. And then we find out, <laughs> here's exactly how the scene played out here. Faith is is coming at him with the knife, and uh, our our protagonist, what's her name? Oh, um, Martha. Martha. Our protagonist hits her in the head with a rock, and she falls over, and her shirt's open. And I turned to Carrie. I said, "She hit her in the head, and her titty popped out." <laughs> <laughs> and Carrie was like, "But that's a man's chest. Look, it's got hair, dude." I was like, "So much Ooh. messed with me in that." I was like. What? It was like the end of sleepaway camp. I was like, what? <laughs> no, when that shirt came open, the first thing I thought was the husband, because they dug up the grave. Oh, fucking spoilers everywhere. The, the <laughs> husband that they dug up the grave, I was like, did they cut his chest off? Like, oh, no, yeah. I really did. I started drawing the conclusions that they were like, no, it's way simpler than that, because the 90s and the 2000s audience right. is something more. And I'm of that audience, so no, legit, it's a man. It's a and man, I'm baby. Going, Did they cut his chest off? Where's the husband? He's hanging up in the barn. It's a man, like, no, baby. I'm Austin Powers again, and then it takes me a few minutes, and I'm like, no, she's a man. Which, let's be honest, it was a woman wearing a horrible male oh, chest horrible, prosthetic. Horrible prosthetic. But. Uh, who are you to judge? <laughs> that <laughs> that blew me away, and, yes. and we find out that she was. Uh, she said, I, "I tried to be. A, I tried to be a man, Mama, and or I tried to be a woman, Mama. I tried to be for a girl. You. I tried to be yeah. a woman for you. Yeah." And we find out she was like a, a hermaphrodite. They yeah. said she was a half and half. Yeah. Um, but then it rings back true coming back because we were like, you know, is Michael Berryman so simple as the man child that he just calls her incubus because he doesn't know? But then it becomes brilliant. It's like. But did he know? They're all onto something. Yes, they're all onto something. They kill her. They say, oh, well, that was the carrier of the Incubus. Dude, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. The last few minutes of this movie, as much as I thought, I was like, oh, I'm done. That shit messed with me, bro. I'm glad you said that because I went... Another ridiculous Wes Craven ending. Right. No, no, <laughs> Studio no. Force, by the way. Okay. That, that's that's one thing I, one okay. thing I did pick okay, up from good, the commentary is he said that 
it didn't snap enough according to the studio so that was forced oh, yeah it's like the it worked well enough the for husband me. Coming yeah back, i thought so too the husband studio coming was back right. as a ghost was one thing yeah but then okay the demons spoiler Demon. when the succubus comes out of the incubus. ground incubus comes out of the ground and swallows her whole I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, that was the point where I was it like. It was like the horrible ending to Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. I was like, where the, the arm through the. Yes. Yeah. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because I was drawing those parallels the yeah, whole time. Yeah, right. And that was the thing that messed with me, man. Like, yeah. and I got right here in my notes, dude. I know I talk about my notes sometimes. It says, holy shit, faith is a man. With three exclamation points, the scene we were just talking about. I enjoyed that so much because. I wasn't ready for it yet. In 1981, I wasn't ready for it. In yeah. 2015, sure, everybody's a man or woman, whatever. Everybody's fucking everybody. Everybody's got rights. Right. <laughs> um, another note I have is Lana is less than fucking useless. Sharon Stone didn't do shit at the end of this but movie. Stay drunk and in bed. Right, shoot somebody. Right, right. Oh, oh man. <laughs> and then my other, this is the note I'm going to read to you, and then I'm done like this. We are the kindred of God. We have no business with the serpents. I want to roll up on people and say shit like that. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Squad goals. No, seriously. Ernest Borgnine killed it with his fucking liners, dude. May you be damned in hell, dude. You are the stench in the nostrils of God. Ernest Borgnine has the line, the one-liners that made me be like, damn. Like, he's almost he's Fred Phelps type. Yeah. In your face, dude. And that was the thing that killed me about that was Ernest Borgnine delivered. Like when he's swinging that, swinging that stick at that kid's knuckles, he's got this look in his eye. Then I'm like, oh my God. So good. So it was awesome. And that's yeah. my last note about it. I've got a bunch more, but really, dude, that was the thing. Like I enjoyed this movie and that's, yeah. 10 times more than I thought I was going to for Same a first here. viewing. And, and just, like I said, a great misdirect because yeah. we thought it was the Hittites all along. It yeah, was yeah, it was yeah. the crazy neighbors. So, And the Hittites, it's so awesome because it's true. Yeah. They were like, no, there's a fucking incubus over there. And everybody's like, nah, no, no, dog. <laughs> and it's true. They were like, no, don't go over there. They're fucking, they're fucking around. That's what's happening. Yeah. And nobody believed that shit. And so I thought that was neat because the actual messengers of God that are supposed to be the bad people. Are the are they the sanest ones ever? It's like right. no, don't get messed up in that shit. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Totally. Go ahead, man. Professor, any last thoughts? Uh, no, I think you guys have okay. summed it up greatly. I think that at, at like I said before, at times it's hard to follow. Um, and do I? I definitely agree with you. This disjointed approach, right? And what I was uh, one thing I did want to elaborate on, and I'm I'm so glad you guys mentioned it with the ten minute intervals, which directly coincides with my notes which is basically what i said like very interesting segments that feels like i'm entering a different episode of a tv show i've yes. watched each time doesn't it feel like an outer limits right. type something every right. few minutes but and 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 the reason i bring that up is not to slam the movie but because i think it's interesting for such a talented director to watch at the this early stage of dealing with bigger budget films to watch how he's taking these portions and making them his own. You see what I'm saying? Like, totally. It's oh, not, it's, this is not solely his movie, but he's making it interesting along the way. So, you know, besides just the simple fact of a standalone film being interesting and watching it for the reasons based on it just being a movie, 
academically, it is also worth watching. And I love wedging this in between films that are like it, as I mentioned before. I mean, no last thoughts. You guys literally nailed it with I'm the sorry. ending. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. It's great. I better than I could have done. Um, but you know, I think it's also important to sell this film on the merits that it has from these different angles of why you should watch this. If you're interested in Wes Craven, you know, you can go back and watch this. It's in between Swamp Thing and Hills Have Eyes. Like, this is important in his filmmaking. And you can actually, for a change, watch the shots in this film and see why. You can actually see mm-hmm. what he's going to take and put into bigger, better films later. Yeah. And that's, again, not to He literally this. pillages this, I, this Yeah, movie I think this movies. is one of the ultimate examinations of an early film in a filmmaker's career that is interesting to watch but even if you don't give a shit about Wes Craven or anybody in it it's just a good movie it's oh fun. yeah totally I'm with you on that and see that the, I think last thing like you have a young Sharon Stone who's not Sharon Stone yet so you don't get any Sharon Stone isms from right her. and I think that's also you get to watch talent this is truly one of those cases where you get to watch talent before she becomes talent. Totally. She's she's literally in the working phase here. And that was the last thing I had written. Cool. And that was interesting to watch. Cool. Because I like me some Sharon Stone. Well, All about her. Wes Craven talked about how they forced her into pajamas at the studio's request because she was so sexy. <laughs> Hilarious. When they showed him They were all walking around and like obscenely ridiculous. I, I turned to Carrie. I said, do you and your friends really walk around in them silky slinky under? And if you think about it, that's what's interesting is Wes Craven. Look at his films; they're not heavy on exploiting women. No, never. In fact, yeah, so that's they're big not on him. they're big on empowering women. Yeah, so that's yeah. clearly not Wes Craven. Yeah. That's studio. Yep. So cool. Great. Uh, definitely recommend it. Definitely, definitely check out Deadly Blessing. <clears throat> uh, there's a good release of it right now through Scream our friend Scream Factory. Factory. Absolutely. Definitely check Very it out. Good. Blu-ray. Moving right along to the professor's pick, Mad Chan. Tell us the details. Professor, what was your pick? How? How? 2015, directed by Paul Hyatt, written by Mark Huckabee and Nick Osler. Uh, starring Ed Spielers as Joe, Holly Weston as Ellen, Shonda McDonald as Kate, Elliot Cowan as Adrian, and Sean Pertwee that you may recognize from Dog Soldiers or the current TV hit Gotham. He plays Alfred Pennyworth in Gotham right now, and he plays the driver in this. And uh, this is my first note in a match, and I'm going to give you mine so you guys can go off. Uh, the person I was looking forward to watching in this movie gets fucking killed first within the first three minutes. <laughs> He's not even in the movie two minutes, and it pissed me off. Sean Pertwee, I love you to death, but what the fuck? God rest your soul. <laughs> and I just want to point out that uh, this, for me, in the beginning, I didn't give a fuck. I didn't care about this movie at all. Because I picked it. No, but by the end of this movie, I was so drawn in. Yeah. Like, it took me into this yeah. movie. Yeah. It didn't in the beginning because I thought it was a like every other werewolf movie. But no, it really sucked me in with as it kept going, what was going on. Go ahead, guys. Uh, I want to say my initial thoughts. Um, at first, I didn't want anything to do with this movie because it looked like, uh, just because of the camera quality in that train station, yeah. it looked like a made-for-sci-fi Okay, uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah, that. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> I know, and I thought, 
Oh, what has Professor done to us? Yeah, you're good. I, <laughs> um, I bought it too. But I want to tell you honestly, um, I enjoyed this film. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to say it was great. No, I would never say that, it was yeah. awful. Uh, I enjoyed everything about this movie except for the werewolves. Except for the werewolves. Oh, no, that's fair. Werewolves. That's fair. And and that's coming. You guys know that I'm a werewolf guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's I fair. love werewolves. Um, so I'll talk about that later. But I just want to say initially, I I think it's a good film. Okay. Professor. I'm You're kinda, big. You're big. I'm kind of indifferent on it. Yeah, like, I don't ever plan on watching like it Like when the credits rolled, I was like, I didn't hate this, but I, I wouldn't even recommend it. To someone else, not a lot necessarily with confidence, at least based on how bad the werewolves looked. Right. I wouldn't recommend now. It. For instance, if you specifically asked me, Grizz, about it, yeah. I might say you should check it out because totally. I know you like werewolf movies, but unless you love werewolf movies, right? I'm not recommending this to anyone. Now, with that said, I mean, going into this, I mean, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the episode the reason why I picked it with werewolves and the hype that it was getting. I also love train movies. I think that train movies are great. Oh, right on. Um, yeah, yeah. Just in general for drama and storytelling. Closed, closed it's in, it's yeah. very cinematic. Um, Midnight in, Express, in, Terror exa- Train. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror Express. Horror Express. There you one. go. Yeah. Lots of good ones. Midnight um, Meat Train. Yeah, I got you. Darjeeling Limited. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, no, I got you, dude. Yeah. yeah I love no. train movies. Um, and that so this just seemed like a logical pick to check out. Uh, primarily because it was coming out and I knew I would watch it. So right. I thought that we should cover it and jump out on it. Um, I, I agree 100% with Grizz. It's a good, it's a good enough movie. The werewolves are a problem. Awful. And to say that they're not is lying. Like, I don't see how you could be a oh. werewolf fan and be okay with these because okay. to me, they're not even fully werewolves. Like they're skin people, right? And like we're starting to get into m- almost my note says, and you'll agree with me. They look like a mix between Michael Jackson from the Thriller video and Predator. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's fair with the teeth and the the whiteness. And no, see, that's fair. And that's see, fair. this is my problem with it because if we didn't call the movie Howl and we didn't build it up like a traditional werewolf movie, right? I would be much more susceptible to absorbing these creatures when we see them as some other mythological creature right perhaps, yeah. but instead we call it howl and i have the build-up which by the way i want to stress was great when we have the frantic running back to the train yeah. at our first real instance oh yeah that's great that yeah. is great yep. yep like i was actually feeling the anxiety yeah. from it. i was oh, like yeah. this is the shit i agree um but then we evolve into seeing these not a fan. It completely right. killed it for it me. It took me out of the movie. Yeah. No, yeah. As soon as you go from that one little glimpse, like you're talking about, when you go from the little glimpse to you go to the full on picture, when the thing comes through, busts through for the first time and is standing in the room with them, yeah, you know, the, one, like, they, the uh... one that they beat to death, like, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But then we cut immediately, immediately to the woods with three more. Yeah, and I, we have I will a scene say this. with three more. Of them. Yeah, from the distance in yeah. the dark, yeah. they look. Oh, awesome. with the eyes and shit, they yeah. look awesome. The arms and the but, dangling arm, like the eye, or the glowing eyes and the dangling arms. And dude, I'm gonna cool. give you this. I even like the legs because they. I was like, okay, that's that's more that's wolf like. It's whatever, but it was the whole. Feast. No, I feel you. They look yeah, like the they, laughing hyenas from Lion King. Yeah, yeah, it was the it's feast not... aspect of it, dude. No, 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 yeah. no. You're good. You're good, man. 
And that's that was the horrible thing about this was, like I said, it started off real slow. And my notes are exactly was it started off real slow. I'll skip a few, and then it goes, she got pulled out the window. I don't care. Literally, because at that point, I didn't care. I don't. I didn't care what was going on. And then a, a couple later, it girl. goes, this movie feels like it's taking forever. Because at one point, I looked, I was 31 minutes into an hour and a half movie. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be an ass, but that's what right. it was. And then shit, eventually shit picks up. And... But you're in a broken down train in the middle of nowhere with werewolves that aren't even fucking werewolves, man. And it's very, it's very uh, cabin in the woods. It's very, and then it's it's also home invasion. Exactly. And then it's also dog soldiers. We're, we're, we're locking them out of a fucking train, and they're trying to figure out ways to get in. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, they're in the train. Let's get back out of the train and try to run. And then we we're dealing with them in the woods the whole time. And it's there's nothing about this film that makes me and let, and maybe I'm wrong, but when I watch a horror movie, you got to connect with one person, Certainly. the person you want to live, the person you have you have stock in. I didn't connect with our main character. Really? I, yeah. I did the guy. I the guy. I didn't connect with him at all. The guy who's telling people to stay on the train. He's telling people not to leave. He was a sissy. He was a pushover. And that's just the character. So at the end, I didn't give a fuck. Yeah, I really him, didn't. Him by his rules. And yeah, I just didn't I care, man. Because I was like, who cares at this point? Like the person I connected more with was the asshole. Who and maybe it's because Mad Chan and I'm who I am. But the guy who was always fighting him, going, "We need to get out of here. We need to do this." It's more realistic. Yeah, yeah. Because that guy's looking out for himself. Agree with that. Yeah, yeah. The guy's looking out for himself, going, "We need to leave." We it's need like to they're do coming this. in here. What's the point? Waiting? Why are we all staying? Yeah, the guy makes that point. Yeah. He says, "Why are we all fucking staying here?" And then the woman, he's like, "She's gonna turn into a werewolf. Let's kill her." I was like, "This is the voice of reason," and we've got him locked up right now, which we always do in horror movies. Yeah. But he was the one person I could identify with because I feel like that would be me. Like, she's going to turn. You're going to fucking leave me tied up with this woman. She's going to turn. You think we're safe. We're not safe. I want to leave. So at the end, I was like, hopefully this dude gets away. And when he doesn't, I understand why I'm good with it. But our main character, I didn't care about, dude. Really? There was nobody I could care about in this movie. I tried to pick somebody to latch on. Yeah, it's weird. Like I didn't think the performers were bad. I just, no, no, no. The actors. Yeah, were I just fine. didn't. Just, I didn't connect with anybody. Yeah, either. the the character base is what I didn't connect with. Like we I mean, talked guess, about Deadly Blessing. You could at least go, oh, she lost her husband. I'm with her. You felt for her. In this, it was like he wants a promotion, or was yeah, that yeah. what it was about? Was he well? Wondering? But in the beginning, like I get that. Like in the beginning, I thought he had no backbone. But later on, as it developed, I thought he definitely came into his own. See, I think this is the difference between me and you. Is by that point, I'd already picked my favorite and wasn't him. I championed the asshole who right, was trying which, to get everybody out. And, and it's let's whatever. Go, it's everybody's different opinion. Right, but then uh, I mean, I'm like, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I'm like, yeah, let's go into the woods where the werewolves are. Why not stay in the steel tube? No, or no, at least no, we have a no, chance. No, I'm with you on that. No, yeah. it's, it's the thing. Like, if you put yourself in that situation, this guy from the Jump Street was like, we should never do this. He had the best plan. Right. Our main character had the best plan. Because the asshole guy, he wants to get everybody else outside so that he has a chance. Not that everybody and has see, a chance. See, I think so that's that what it was. Is I started thinking about my own survival in that situation. Yeah. 
And I'm just being for real. My own survival, and I love you guys to death, and I try to keep you safe. But if I was in there with 12 strangers, I'd be like, no, I want to make sure I live. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And at a certain point in this particular movie, it was like, well, they kept making bad choices as a whole. True. And fighting each other. So I think that's the thing that took me out of our main character being the the mate being the guy I cared about was he took from being the moral standpoint like no we shouldn't go out there to I'm gonna be I'm gonna fight back and when he fought back I was like oh well you're done and then we lose him so I mean you know right. we lose everybody but I, I don't know dude yeah. for for me the biggest mistake with this movie was bringing the werewolves inside the cars. Okay, yeah. there you go, there you go. If you keep those outside, because the, no safe the exterior stuff, even as we're coming into daylight, is excellent. Right. I mean, all that stuff's great. And if we keep them out of the cars and we focus on the group dynamic, which I feel like, to a certain extent, is pretty somehow unique to werewolf movies, where we're dealing with a survival as a group kind of we, deal. We never deal with that in a yeah, werewolf movie. It's, right. it's somehow, somebody was like, wait a minute, Let's do this as a group. And Dude. so for that, I like that. And there's a lot of great dynamics with that because group interaction through survival and these bad conditions is very cinematic. But bringing the werewolves in, into the light of the calves, I feel was, man, it, what a mistake. Because well, if you kept them outside right. and mysterious... This movie is like Bro, catapulted to one of my play favorites. Play to your budget and yeah. your Bro, abilities. The one thing I loved about this movie. They, it looked like Morlocks they, from the time machine. They, I was literally getting, I was in, also Absolutely. on board with, was when they group beat the shit out of the werewolf. That was great. It. I was like, you don't see this in horror movies. We all band together. And that's my note is like, oh, that's awesome. They and see, finally and that band should, together. Yeah. And then and my note later is just like. Oh, I'll tell you exactly what it says. That was cold-hearted when he kicked that woman out of the train. The asshole I'm talking about kicks a woman out of the train to be eaten by werewolves. I was like, that's cold-hearted. But then later it was just like, like you said, he's survival. He was like, they're going to come in here or I can give them this morsel and try to survive. Right. And at that point, I think I was to that point. The kid outside trying to fix the train. Uh, you had hope. They keep giving you hope, but not giving you enough hope. The train's moving. Well, we went from four werewolves to werewolves forever. And I was like, so this whole fucking woods is riddled with werewolves? Every time we kill one, we get three more? I don't know. I just, I don't know, dude. I, I, I like the movie. I didn't like the movie at the same time. Yeah. That's me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm yeah. sorry. I mean, ultimately, I think I have to sum it up by saying. Wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is exactly as Professor said. If you really like werewolf movies, check it out. I yeah. can't recommend this to anybody. Yeah. But, you know, at the end, like I said, I liked it enough that I wasn't disappointed that I watched it. Oh, me neither. But there yeah, were yeah. definitely major flaws in the film. Yeah. But, but I think good signatures to the film to say, Let's see what the director does next, or the right. writer does yeah, next. Yeah, there's oh, definitely, definitely yeah, there. Right, yeah, right. So give that dude a, give that dude a look. I'm exactly, exactly. So I, I really respect what he did, um, but exactly like you said, Professor, um, 
don't put your bad looking creatures right in the light <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Like they that's look one so of good one. in the dark. Exactly. Hide them in the dark. And you could have saved all of us a lot of It would have been an instant classic. Yeah. It would have. Uh, so my quick my quick wrap up for this is is in recent memory, if you want something more serious, watch late phases. It's better. Okay, there you go. There you go. It's good. Um, it, it still suffers from the look of the werewolves, but it's just uh, overall the decision making and the and the, the filmmaking in general is better. If you want a comedic approach, obviously watch Wolf Cop. Um, they're both both of those are better offerings recently for werewolf movies. However, if you love werewolf movies, watch it. And this is something that I will throw marathon style. Like if I'm rolling through werewolf movies for the week, this won't get left out. It's not like forgettable. You know what I mean? Right. It's oh, just, definitely. it's got enough flaws to where yeah. it's not something where I'm championing it. So that's where I stand on it. Right on, man. I, I'm, I'm the same. I mean, yep. go ahead. Yeah. I, I said everything I need to say about it. It's just. Okay. Go ahead. Moving on to Deathgasm. Yes. Moving on to death. Deathgasm. Uh, my pick, 2015, written and directed by Jason Lee Howden, uh, starring Milo Cawthorn as Brody, James Blake as Zach, and Kimberly Crossman as Medina Grizz. Or, no, let's start over here. Professor, what do you think of death, initial thoughts on Death Gas? Pause. Yeah. Er. Can we say, how, was that a British film? Or was that Down Under? It was New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay, I thought it was a, yeah, I thought it was a Kiwi film. And Deathgasm is where? English. Hmm? I don't know. It's, no, it's New Zealand. Deathgasm? Yeah. What about Hal? It was... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, Deathgasm was filmed in New Zealand. Okay, no, where was Hal? That was UK. Okay. All right, yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, Deathgasm was a Kiwi Trying to film. trip me up, though. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, didn't, I got what you're trying to say. No, Deathgasm was a Kiwi did, film. Yeah, I don't, Everybody's we, trying to trip everybody up. We didn't, <laughs> say, we didn't say that Hal was a British film. Yeah, Hal's a British film and Deathgasm's a Kiwi film. Okay, now go. Oh wait, what? initial thoughts on Deathgasm. Um, was very excited to see it, especially after listening to the podcast on the Movie Crypt, uh, where the director was on there and talked yeah, about it. Me too. Oh, I didn't I'd, hear that one. Either. I'd heard about it and got a little hyped up on it, um, especially from that. So I was excited to see it. With my wow, opinion, dude, I saw that look in his eye. I'm done. I'm walking out. I, nice I can't. I can't fully sell this to anyone. Good game. Um, but oh wow, I don't dislike it. Guys, I, it, I'm it championing kind, you, Jason. I got you. Dog. It kind of goes with the flow of this particular episode, where I'm kind of just left in the middle. There's enough good about it to where I will watch it again. It's not something that I'll just completely disregard. But what it boils down to for me, and we'll go more into this, but what it boils down to me is that I don't care enough about the characters. They never make them that likable, funny, anything. I mean, like, the lead for for basically, like, a buddy comedy is extremely flat. I mean, that that's just all there is to it. And to me, like, you can go into an, just a whole number of films that deal with the metal culture and buddy comedies where you can see like how it works. And this just doesn't capitalize on that. Now the overall gist of the film and how they decided to make it and their approach to it, uh, the gore, the special effects, the angles of humor, um, 
we are crunching in stereo, by the way. Oh, if anyone it. would like to it, share dude. what flavor you're tasting, the oh, listeners uh, would like to know. It's obviously shit because he hates this movie. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't at all. Um, but, but yeah, like, I know we're just getting started, so I'll just leave it at that. Like, I didn't hate it or love it. It Like, it was enjoyable. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me follow up by saying, yes, I agree with the professor. <laughs> I'm waiting two more pretzels, guys. Go ahead. I'm trying, my, I'm trying to eat my pretzels right now. Um, I don't hate it or love it. Um, oh. as you said, there are excellent additions to the buddy film. There are excellent additions to the heavy metal film. I will say this. It's better than tenacious D pick of destiny. That's, oh, a, that's but a note I have, that's but it's almost a similar film. Yeah. But I want to say that this has awesome animations. I'm blown away by that in the mm-hmm. film. Um, and it's got some fun stuff. It reminds me of night of the living dorks and some other uh, foreign films that we watched. Yeah. Is it great? No, but is it fun? Yeah. Will I watch it again? Maybe. But, yeah. It was I, I'll say this just quickly before we get back to you, Matt Jan. Go ahead. In defense of what I'm saying, I think it'll grow on me. It has that feeling to it. I think it'll grow on me. I was just expecting more color out of the our main characters. I thought, you know what I mean? I just thought there'd be more charisma and love between them and something that made me connect to them. Whereas that main kid's just kind of like apathetic the character is just drawn up for the audience like well but then his buddy like screws him over yeah like how's it yeah the one that plays the band with him just a complete shit heel right yeah totally and that that affected the movie for me big time same here same here um i do want to say that it's very uh sam raimi-esque there's a lot of sam raimi callbacks in this movie and it's obviously super dead alive-esque yes super good call Super. Yeah. Or, as they call, brain dead in other countries. But, yeah, very much dead alive. Mad Chan. Mad Chan, real back. So, look, man, us. here's the thing. Um, when I got into Deathgasm, I picked this movie because I think I said when I picked it, I wanted the reason to buy this movie. Um, I heard nothing but good things. I heard the movie Crypt as well. Uh, Jason Lee Howden on the movie Crypt. Um, I had no clue what it was. I'm going to give you a few of my notes real quick. My notes kind of give you an insight into my process. Um, It's the piss. They sprayed us with piss again. They're right there in the front, man. There was nothing going on in this movie. I admit, in the beginning, there's nothing going on that makes anybody in this movie redeemable. And I really don't think there is until we get to the zombies coming to Earth. Or the zombies coming to life. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the movie really takes off for me. He said it's very Raimi-esque. It is. It's very Evil Dead. It's very much Ash versus the Evil Dead. It's It's got a lot of, uh, oh, ha, 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 your soul is mine, kind of popping up zombies yeah. out of nowhere. Totally. It's got the Dead Alive going for it. Um, I like the Kiwi aspect to it. Other than that, man, it's just, to me, this movie was fun. It's so much fun. It takes a while to get going, but once it gets going, man, it's like, all right, man, we're going to run around and fight off zombies, and your parents are zombies, and we got to get these pages. It's just, it's fun. It's like, man, we got to go get these pages to this mystical song, and we we found our favorite rocker, and he was going to summon the dead, and... 
it was just fun to me, man. Like, I thought Zach, Zach was a douchebag nonetheless, man. He was the guy who sold his buddy out. He screws his chick or, you know, makes at least makes out with his chick. We don't get too far into it. But Zach to me, man, Zach was the Kiwi Heath Ledger, man. <laughs> like, he really is. He's Keith, Heath Ledger from 10 Things I Hate About You. That's what he reminded me of, just like Battle Royale as Japanese Heath Ledger. You know, like, he's got... He's that guy, and I thought that was real fun. And then he comes back at the end, even though he was a douche, and tries to redeem himself, man. There's zombies. There's weed whackers. Um, what are they called? Uh, oh, it was a weed whacker. There were dildos and, and sex toys. And I think the, the reason I enjoyed this movie so much was I was eating pizza with the wife, and I was like, I'm not even going to take this too seriously. And we just watched it and just giggled. Like like children. I giggled at certain things. It takes longer to get to the point in some things. But like when all the people started puking blood in the streets, when they played the music for the last time, before everything went down, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is going to be gold from here on out. People start turning into demons. People were being killed. When the dude kills his cousin. Yes. My favorite scene. Seriously. When the dude kills his own cousin and Zach looks at him and is like, was he even a zombie? He was like, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, totally. He was totally a zombie. Made up for everything else up to that point because it was like, they're not taking themselves seriously at all at this point, man. They just had a dildo fight with killing people. I just tried not to let it be. And I, I think my weirdo sense of humor allows me to do shit like that more than other people, man. And my my note, like I said, I have tons of different notes here. Um, all the people peeking blood was cool. The scene in the garage with the power tools was cool and reminiscent of Evil Dead type shit. Yep. When the cousin was killed and he wasn't even possessed, that was awesome. <laughs> my final note on this movie is I loved this movie. And it was the end that did that for me. I don't care about zombies or taking over the world and things like that. We've seen it a million times. It was the fact that through metal, this kid made his mark, you know, and he saved the world through metal. And you don't get to see that shit every day. It's always through the Bible or it's always through some act of good. And this through fucking metal, death metal, that was what saved the world. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute, man. It's just a cute movie. And, don't take it too seriously. Like, the girl's a... Uh, she's there for a reason, man. She's not there to be a great character. She's there to be a piece of eye candy who ends up helping. The nerdy friends are just there for that reason. Zach's there for that reason. Everybody fills a role in this movie, and it's not too serious. Like, I get into the deep philosophy of a lot of movies. This movie, I was just like, there's no philosophy. It's dumb. It's horrible. Watch it and enjoy it, and I loved it. Um, I'm gonna say I liked. Uh, I really <laughs> had a uh, a fondness of black metal culture. Why not? Not that I'm into black metal that much. I I really enjoy like Bathory and uh, just a handful of some other black metal stuff. Not even their whole catalog. Not even their their outlook on life. But just enjoyed it. Partially because I, uh, there's a great book called Lords of Chaos, and it's the rise of uh, black metal and throughout the Nor the Scandinavian countries, and uh, the the effect that it had on the rest of the metal scene. 
And so I liked some of that in this film is like, you know, they're the total metal guys and, you know, they've got the Bathory and the Burzum and the DSI, you know, like they've got those patches and they've got that going on. Um, and that's how they meet each other at the record store and they're looking for the most metal thing ever. And like, yeah, that's fun. I totally get into that. Dude, I love Um, at one point the kid pulls up a Motley Crue album and Zach looks at him and is like, what? what you yeah. know like i enjoyed that yeah. and i don't think my mic was on for after speech uh no it totally was um so but then the other thing i'll say is i don't know if i gave this movie as fair of a chance because it was on a movie marathon weekend uh carrie uh, and i went tree carrie weekend. and yeah it was very wintry and we watched seven movies that weekend right. that's fair though that's honest and here's the catch though I just watched two other kind of buddy style zombie apocalypse films. We watched Cooties and we watched Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Which I love both of those movies. Both movies are fantastic. So by the time we got to Deathgasm, I may have been like buddy zombie comedied out. Okay. No, in fairness though, I didn't have that weekend in this movie lack that right okay. both those films i think are far superior to this I, film yeah i think the comedy that pops up in both those films is lacking here i agree with that that's fine yeah so and i this mean is my pick so it, i think maybe if i had to watch this first and then those movies i'd have had a higher opinion but because right. i watched those two films which are both freaking awesome oh yeah definitely. and then watch this i was like hey eh, this is okay yeah. And that's I'll just I'll leave it at that. That's yeah. my closing statement. It's not a shitting movie. No, no, no by, no by means. any means. If you like horror movies, if you like metal music, please watch this movie. Oh, I I would not not recommend this to right. anybody. I bought it. I'm not glad that I or I'm not regretting that I bought it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just not something that I love. Right. I'm, I'm going to tell you right on. now. I'm, I'll watch it again. And I'll show it to people. It's I'll that, probably it's eventually movie, watch it again. It's that movie that I will show to people. Like you, when somebody's like, what's Deathgasm? I'll show it to people. Yeah. So wrapping up. Wrapping up. Uh, my final thoughts on it. Uh, for me, I set out, fair or not, I set out for a movie that was like Evil Dead meets Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. That's that so awesome. I got way more of the Evil Dead, which is great. Not so much of the Detroit Rock City. Yeah, that's fair. Um, in terms of the the substance to the relationship between the friends, we got one that's screwing the love of the other's life. Yeah. You know, just stuff that didn't jive. As, and I think it's kind of unfair to the metal community and groups of friends like that. Like, not a lot of those guys do that to each other. Right. Um, I thought that just didn't fit. Some of the dirtbags in the black metal scene do. Right. Um, <laughs> and later in, in life, certainly. But yeah. high school metal friends, come on. Like, yeah, you're the only guys who bond. Yeah. So, like, that's why you stick together. I thought that the biggest, the only true mistake of this film that they had was that there wasn't more comedic relief from the drummer and the keyboardist. Yeah. Because I, I thought that they clearly demonstrated comedic talent. And that it never was used very much. I thought that that would have changed the dynamic of the film drastically because our lead can be straight faced. That's fine. We can find the comedy and the others within the dynamic of the group, and we didn't. And that's where the catch was because we can have the dry lead. But those two were funny, clearly, in the small opportunities that they were given, but we didn't use it very much. Right. And that was the biggest problem with the film because I like everything else about it i'll rewatch it 
I don't dislike it, and I would recommend it to specific people right. that I think it would appeal to. But this is not a blanket, you know, recommendation of just everyone watch it. See, I think so, we were going to get more. Um, oh, I think I thought I we just wanted get, more. I thought comedy. we were going to get more Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. Out of Speaking the of spine, what about that spine rip? In this, that was badass. Yeah, I just right. wanted to throw that out there. I thought we were gonna get a little more Spinal Tap, especially when we go into the house. And I thought I didn't think the guy was gonna go out like he did. I thought maybe we'd get right. more from the yeah. from the death metal legend. lead legend. Yeah, the guy who's in this legendary group was holed up in this house. I was hoping we'd get a little more out of him because he could have been our 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 Yoda of the of the group. You know what I'm saying? We've got Han. We've got a Chewie. We've got a Princess Leia, even, and it's it follows that format very well. We've got R two D two and C three PO. If you really look at it, this movie, follows the Star Wars format, but we lose our Yoda too early, or our whatever you want to call him. Or we lose our inspiration too early. Our Obi Wan Kenobi, we lose him too early in the in the bit. And if you really think about it, you take those those characters and walk them through. That's what they are. It's almost like the guys was like, look, I okay, so if we're doing a Star Wars movie, who are these people to us? Because they fit roles. And I thought that was interesting. But other than that, man, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll recommend it to certain people. Like, I wouldn't ask Robert to watch it again, obviously. No, because you didn't like it. And I'm sad <laughs> now. He mad. No, but I, I, no, I ain't mad, but he I got mad. you. I got you. So, all right. Well, I think that's all we got to say about the deathgasm. Uh, I like deathgasm. (laughs) I like when he killed the cousin. He wasn't even possessed. That was the best, in my opinion. So, all right. Well, wrapping up another installation of the Monster Mash. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Uh, Mad Chan, Professor Wagstaff. Thank you for joining us, friends. And we'll see you next time. Stay scary. I had some Lords of Salem flashbacks. Like, the guy was playing the song.